welcome to episode 230 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, tonight, we're going to preview week 19 in the CFL, take a look at some major storylines from around the league this week, fantasy players to watch, and we'll make some betting picks for each of the games this week as well. Ryan, Trey, and Adam here with you this evening. Uh, Trey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. My life. I've been wasting my life on Farming Simulator the last few days. Got no work done today uh, in real life. Just a lot of canola farming and uh, my chickens. I got my chickens. So that's my life for now. I guess I got to go to work tomorrow. Anyway. Yeah, that, uh, well, somebody who's, uh, you know, living the farming dream for real uh, is here as well is, uh, is Adam. Adam, how are you doing? Well, not so bad. Trey, I have so many questions about Farm Simulator. Like, what's your average bushels per acre, and what were you spraying, and what uh, canola variety did you use, and what kind of combines did you use, and uh, what kind of equipment do you have, and uh, what kind of chickens I, are you I just have with? whatever they gave you, the default. I've not went anything crazy. I've been saving my money and buying land. That's all I've been doing, man. So Seems like a legitimate strategy. That's actually done by oh, Honestly, <laughs> honestly. So, <laughs> I you say save it. I, I, sorry, go ahead, Trey. I was gonna say you talk like as if this is hard, man. This has been fun. Yeah, when you play the hard mode, it's just you know you come out and buy a farm and actually try it. I started on the easy mode because I, <laughs> I was like, I'm not playing. And I turned off, I turned off fertilizing and a couple other things just so I can get the hang of it first. Well, we found an off-topic show for uh, during the off-season, Trey. Well, see, I, I'd say save it for the off-season, but honestly, this is probably more interesting than any of the storylines we have to talk about in the final three weeks of the regular season. Uh, but we've got a couple of things on Slate here to talk about today. We're also live on a variety of different platforms, uh, and we'll be taking your comments and questions in the chat throughout the night as well, all made possible by presenting sponsor Game Time TV, which you can learn more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Uh, as always, we also want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, final housekeeping note before we get into our list of topics here is check out the Discord community if you haven't already. The link is in the episode description. It's free to join. Uh, we've got live game chats, lots of fantasy betting talk, NFL talk, as well as that season's underway uh, there as well. So if you want more of us between the weekly episodes, that's where you can find us. All right, let's get into our week. 19 major storylines. We've got four games on the schedule here. Um, we've got the BC Lions visiting the Hamilton Tiger Cats Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, followed by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders visiting the Calgary Stampeders later that night. On Saturday, we've got another doubleheader with Montreal visiting Edmonton and Ottawa in Toronto. So uh, I guess the opening topic here is that we're in week 19 with three weeks left to go in the CFL regular season. Not a lot of these matchups matter, guys. Uh, we're down to two teams left fighting for that final playoff spot, which is Calgary and Saskatchewan. A matchup this week. Uh, I'll give you a quick run through the playoff scenarios here. Uh, if Saskatchewan wins, they lock up third place in the West, and they'll uh, travel to either BC or Winnipeg. It's that simple, Adam. <laughs> 
It's it's a battle of who wants it less. We'll get to that here yet as well. Uh, if B Winnipeg's on the bye, but if BC loses, the Bombers claim the West Division title. So BC's got to run the table, and Winnipeg's got to, I guess, fall off the cart, or I don't know what the, the saying there would be. Uh, and out in the East Division, a Montreal winner, a Hamilton loss, uh, locks up them finishing second and third there already. So there is a pretty decent chance, I think, this week that the remaining few matchups we have left are ironed out here. And I got to say, it's not an interesting end to the season. Like, this is a slow crawl to the finish line. I think we're all very much in get to the playoffs mode here and how do we fix this how do we fix this going into next season trey uh, we'll start with you what like what's the issue here that's led to this i two things i think one division would make it more interesting we were talking about it before the show that would, the only the only thing it would add would be toronto would still be having to fight for something which actually would have made the last few weeks even for them more interesting and continuing but going forward i think it would help and uh i think there's a little, I, i've been saying this all year i feel like there's been a slight lack of talent on several teams and i think that needs to be addressed because if you look at the west most of the other than BC and Winnipeg, most of the West teams are actually worse than the East this year, right? Like, so that's something we've been complaining about for years. That the East sucks and the East is this, but other than Ottawa, the East is actually held all right against their and their own, and especially Hamilton with their quarterback situation, Montreal with their ownership situation in the beginning of the year, Toronto. No one really had faith in Toronto running the tables except for this guy, um, and you know. I think that's the major issue is talent, but I think one division would definitely spice some things up a little bit and more balanced schedule coming along with that too. If every team faced each other twice, I think we're having these separation separations too, because remember Ottawa played what two or three teams in their division three times. And if they, those teams win two or three of them, that greatly expands their distance ahead of them. Right. So that's my thoughts, Adam. Division thing. Oops. The uh, one division thing I think is a little bit of a, uh, I think it needs to be done already. Uh, even with, if there is ever a 10th team in Halifax, still just go one division. I mean, you know what? There's not enough teams in the league to really be playing around with two divisions. Um, you may as well just go to the one. That way you're right. Toronto's playing for something. Winnipeg, BC are all playing for something. Uh, being that first uh, overall spot and getting that by plus home field advantage over the playoffs. Uh that being said, I think the only other thing you can really do, uh, talent-wise, you know what? There's a few teams that have talent. There's a few that just don't put the effort in that have the talent. I won't get into names yet. Um, and then there's some teams, yeah, that just have all, it seems like, all the talent. Uh, I mean, you look at Hamilton, you look at Ottawa. Both of them had some bad luck right at the beginning of the year, I think. Uh, just because, again, you both lost their starting quarterbacks. Uh, also had a few injuries on the receiving core to start with. Uh and then you look at a team like that's kind of middling. It's like Montreal. Uh, they're still talented enough, I think. I think it was just more of just kind of, again, a little bit of bad luck at the beginning. But they seem to have straightened it out and uh, seem to be okay. And, again, there's just, like I say before, there's some teams that have quite a bit of talent on their team but just don't seem to put in that day, week-in, week-out effort to try to win games. Uh, I'll get into that a little later on, though. 
It has me a little concerned about the talent level because I don't remember this being a problem, right? For until the last couple of years, I think more and more we've seen it start to iron out where last year, I think the final week did not matter at all. Now it might be the two final weeks this year. You had Toronto basically, you know, with six weeks left in the season, having games that don't matter. Like that's a whole third of their season that to their credit, they locked up based on being as good as they were, like it's not a knock against them at all. It's just not an exciting end to the finish. And it has impacts on a variety of other things too, right? Like fantasy wise, like I'm not touching anybody from the Argos quite often because you don't know who's going to play betting wise. The Argos games don't even have odds up any week anymore at the time we're doing this show because presumably they're waiting for the depth chart to come out. So I don't know how you balance this out. It's interesting that it feels so unbalanced right now when like guys are mostly on one year contracts, right? It's not that you're stacking up contract like like stars on teams for for long periods of time like in say the NHL, like everybody's switching teams every single year, but now we seem to be having this problem. So I'm I'm not sure what fixes it to be honest cuz I know we were talking about the one division thing uh, before the show. And Trey, you kind of had a good point that it makes the top of the race more interesting where now Toronto's got to compete with Winnipeg and BC, right? But the bottom of the standings, I still don't know if it makes it any more interesting than it's already been. I just wonder, because it's interesting, because I, I think this every year with baseball, you play 162 games, but it still comes down to the last day every year. And the NFL comes down to the last day every year for multiple divisions. So I, I just don't know. I, I think the talent level is a little bit more than the division and the skill where these top teams like Toronto, I think the champions and the top teams get such a bias, right? Winnipeg's been the team last few years, so they get a little bit more. Toronto's the biggest city, probably more enticing to certain Americans to come there, and they're the champions, right? Calgary used to be that, right, With the when they had their dynasty going. I think the teams at the top, and that's maybe one reason why I'm, I'm a more of an indicator for no salary cap. So teams can maybe go out and spend a little more to keep up with the champions a little bit. Yeah. Now we all know Winnipeg would probably go and spend 30 million on their salary cap if they could, or, you know, way more than they could. But then that gives teams like Saskatchewan, Calgary, Edmonton and Hamilton and Ottawa, maybe a chance to kind of fight back and say, Hey, we will spend a little bit more money to keep these players here. Right. Yeah, I don't agree with that because no? back in the 90s and early 80s and everything, there was marathons happening to try to keep teams together. And uh, yeah, Saskatchewan was one of them. Ottawa had troubles. Uh, there was a lot of these small market teams that just could not possibly, uh, and especially community-owned teams that had so much trouble trying to keep going because of the salary cap. You have the Edmonton uh, football team at that point. Uh, I almost said it. Uh, <laughs> anyways... The Edmonton uh, football team that would bring in guys like Warren Moon and uh, uh, Wilkinson and all sorts of these amazing players uh, out to uh, Hugh Campbell and everybody else because they could afford it and they didn't care. It was salary cap, no salary cap. We can bring in whatever we want when we want. Uh, it's the teams that can work within a salary cap. Myself, I think always I say the coaches cap should be completely gone. That's just stupid. A hundred percent. Yeah, but but again, a player cap. You got to have something to kind of control uh, because you got teams with such variation of uh, income, right? I mean, you look at a guy that just bought Montreal. Well, can he pay up to the cap? I'm guessing he will. Uh, if there was no cap, though, would he compete with a team like 
oh, let's say Winnipeg or even Saskatchewan. I mean, they've got the money in the back sitting there. Uh, I I don't know. What we Here's do a what, stupid what, question. Yeah, right. Does the like is the salary cap an issue? Because when's the last time we've talked about a team not being able to get its pieces it needs in the CFL because they're close? The only time we ever talk about salary cap with the CFL, and part of it is because the contract are are largely unknown, is off season when one team goes out and signs seemingly everyone and everybody else complains that they're way over the cap, only for them to, you know, get down to probably near the cap at training camp, right? And then we talk about it at the end of the season when teams get fined for going over top of it, right? Like it's not, it's a soft cap. It's not fully enforced. Teams will pay that fine. So I don't know if removing it actually solves this problem either. See, I don't know. I just think why is why is the CFL the only, because we see small markets compete in other leagues and other sports. With no and and the big ones, I think hockey is the worst right now. We're seeing teams only be able to have 17, 18 players on their roster because of salary cap. Because they're playing, like, I think we're having some issues with that. And I think the SEFL might be falling. I think sometimes smaller leagues might need no salary cap because, yeah, I think the Quebec, the guy who owns the Montreal Alouettes can compete because doesn't his company, they say, could compete with TSN? Like, for the French rights? Like, I think he's got yeah. money. I think the Bombers community owned, they make five, like, they go over the salary cap anyway. I think the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, hey, sorry, Adam, you might, instead of what, a 10% increase, it'll be 15% increase on your tickets next year if there's no salary cap. I think most teams can compete. Toronto should be able to compete. Hamilton's been known, even though it's a one guy, your family that owns it, he's been able to compete. I don't know. Like we see baseball, a team with 60 million is able to compete with 300 million teams. So why can't it in the CFL? And it's weird that it like it can't on a consistent basis, but this is also one of those leagues more than any, I think, where it's any given Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, right? Where whoever sneaks into the playoffs, like, and I think this is a good way to transition to our next topic here. Whoever sneaks into that final playoff spot in the West Division, like everyone's writ- written them off already, right? Like it, it's BC Winnipeg in that West final, like everybody's written off Calgary or Saskatchewan, but it's not necessarily like this is a league where anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And all you got to do is get in the playoffs and go on a run, which leads to probably the biggest game on the schedule this week is the matchup between the Stamps and the Riders for that final playoff spot out West, uh, not coming in, on glowing records, either of these teams, I would say uh, Calgary's at four and eleven. The Riders are at six and ten on the season. And I guess the question will start with you, Adam, because you have a vested interest in this matchup: is who wants it less? As a Rider fan, I encourage the Calgary Stampeders to take this game and win it. Uh, it sounds stupid. I mean. You know what? We're a six and ten team in in Saskatchewan. It sounds like okay. All we need to do is just win one game. We're going to be in the playoffs, and you never know what can happen in the playoffs. Let's face it: in '89, we've seen what could happen. I mean, the Riders took down were they sixteen and two or fifteen and three? The Edmonton football team at that point ended up going to the Great Cup, winning against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This ain't happening this year. This team is just absolutely showing no effort whatsoever. Uh, you had a game last week, and this is what drives me absolutely up the wall, that you had, you were celebrating a guy like George Reed, you were celebrating a team like the 13th, uh, 2013 team, 
I mean, they put an effort. I'll give Saskatchewan credit. They put an effort to get every single 2013 player there last weekend. They brought in John Chick, even. And I mean, do you know how much it costs to bring in 11 people and his whole family? I mean, that, that's expensive. Uh, Darren Durant was running around the field trying to get people excited by signing footballs. They were doing anything they could to get this team hyped up. And they still couldn't get hyped up. The crowd was loud even in Saskatchewan last weekend. So Saskatchewan doesn't want this game. They, honestly, I, by the way it's been looking, I don't think Saskatchewan wants to be playing football right now as sad as it seems. I mean, you, you don't see any effort out of this team whatsoever. Guys are getting beaten by five, ten yards off the ball in the corners. The corners used to be the prime uh, strength of the Rough Riders. Same thing also with the defensive line. They're getting no pressure on quarterbacks. They're letting them go get five, ten yard buffer zones. This team is gruesome right now, and that's the nicest way I can say it. Um, and like I say, if you want to have a PG or a extreme rant, I maybe I'll throw that on the Discord channel later on. This has been just absolutely atrocious for the Rough Riders. There is no reason whatsoever that Craig Dickinson gets to keep his job after this. I'm saying almost that Jeremy O'Day might just go with the bathwater right now because this has just been just terrible in Saskatchewan. There is not a single everybody when you hear the word Saskatchewan right now, or anybody saying about the Rough Riders right now. The eyes roll, and people are like, whatever, it's over already. So, yeah, uh, I just I don't know what else to tell you on this game. <laughs> to For Ryder fans to actually hope, and I've heard this from a lot of people, hope that the Stampeders just absolutely throttle the Rough Riders, then the Argos come in and throttle the Riders again, and so that the Riders don't make the playoffs. That's, that's crazy here, but it's happening right now in uh, Ryderville. Well, here's, here's the most concerning part of that for me as a tweet uh, or a post on X that I saw earlier today from Britton Gray, one of the writers reporters for CJ, CJME, uh, which is after one of the worst losses of the season, one that had fans calling it, calling in disgusted with the performance. It's the same old intensity uh, at, at practice for the writers as has been all year, which as you're describing there is not really intense. So you know, that doesn't seem like it's a sense of ownership, so to say, for for the team, for the performances they've had lately. And I don't know, it's but it hasn't been much better for Calgary either. Trey, where do you stand on this matchup? Who who wants it less? Uh, you know, I'm not too, I was going I was doing some research in the find the last time a West team made the playoffs with a losing record. There was the 9-9 nine and nine BC Lions with a crossover in 2018, and the last time before that was also BC at 7-11 in 2015. Other than that, that's the last time the losing record made the playoffs for the West. So it's been some time, and uh, yeah, but this question, I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Can both teams just stop and we just go right to the West Finals and give BC and Winnipeg a double bye or whatever? Maybe they play a best of three. Over that week or something, I don't know. That might be remember, more exciting. I, remember way back in the seventies when they used to play a two-game total goal yeah. or two-point series. Why not? Do, do the do the soccer back-to-back legs and whoever has the most points over the two or something. I don't know because, but you're right. You said it before. Either team could win in the playoffs. All it would take is VA or Caleros getting injured in the first quarter in practice or in the next few weeks, and all hell will break loose, right? But I don't know. It's I thought Saskatchewan. 
Is this all down? Because Saskatchewan wasn't that bad to start the year, and then they lost Trevor Harris. Is this all stemmed around that? Is there more to it? Like, you think they, you would think they'd have a few more wins if he was there, don't you, Adam? No, no? I don't. Honestly, this defense has been just gone right from Jason yeah. Travers as a hero to foolishly just gone right to the toilet. You um, held that F sound so long, I thought it was going to go somewhere else. Foolishly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I think sure that the kids don't uh, go to bed and not listen to this. Anyways, uh, the the offense, I mean, Kelly Jeffrey is a guy that is supposedly a running back, a very good, like a running back coach last year. Where's Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson? They've disappeared off the face of the earth. They've gotten most of their starting offensive line back. Evan Johnson has been just absolutely getting roasted every time that you could imagine. Um this is just a bad, bad football team right now. Uh, there's talent on this team, though. I mean, you can't tell me Nick Marshall can't run the football down and try to make some plays. Uh, he's a good player, but he's getting burned every time. There's some of these new cornerbacks. Again, when you see a Hamilton, I went and counted on the one play there uh, last week when Tim White uh, got a 90-yard run. There was three other guys wide open as well. So it didn't just have to be Tim White getting the football. It could have been anybody in Hamilton. And again, another quarterback that just came off the bench this week or last week. Uh, and I'm sorry for ranting about this game last week so much because, yeah, that one really, really got me worked up. Uh, let, but it only out, but... let it out. It's okay. Deep breaths. Let it out. We're here to listen. Anyways, Bo Levi Mitchell comes into a game that has been just, just terrible this whole year. And we make him look like old Bo Levi Mitchell from 2009 or 2010 or whenever he was comes into this league. He looked just absolutely amazing. And it wasn't really his thing. It was just everybody was wide open. So the defense is terrible. The offense is terrible. The special teams has one. The only player, like, again, for MOP nominee for the Rough Riders should be, uh, should be Corsak. Honestly, he's been a great punter all year because he's been doing it a lot. Otherwise, honestly, there is nobody on this team that is worth making sure that you keep next year. Like, it, it's gotten bad in Saskatchewan. Calgary, you guys are playing, like, again, the Stampeders at least are playing for the uh, streak right now. They've been in the playoffs for how many years? Every year. So, Calgary's still playing for that. Saskatchewan? If they want to play for Craig Dickinson's job, you would think they would have done it already. So... I don't know. See, this is going to be the classic like Winnipeg Jets style move where they're going to win their final two games of the year, squeeze into the playoffs, get throttled, but it's a victory that they made the playoffs. And so they're going to don't you put those back. demons, don't you put those demons <laughs> on Brian Coop. Uh, but on the other hand, like Calgary, we were talking about like, they haven't shined very well either. Like their Jake Mayer occasionally will have the game where he's thrown for over 300 yards, but then has other games where he's thrown at five yards on second and 10 consistently. And they're just not moving the ball at all. And I think the defense has done all right. Then not too bad at times they've had on and off games, but offensively they haven't gotten a ton going either. Like neither of their running backs has really taken charge outside of a couple of games where Mills did earlier in the year where Kadeem Carey was injured. And this is not the Calgary juggernaut that we've seen in recent history, that this is a very foreign situation. Have this team sitting at four and 11 and at two and five at home 
Like this is a team where you went to McMahon Stadium and you're going to lose, right? For how many years straight? So I think, you know, in this talk of who wants it less, we probably chalk it up to the riders uh, based on, you know, a lot of what Adam said. And I wonder if part of that is just that we're still trying to figure out what's wrong with Calgary. Like we know what's wrong with Saskatchewan. I still have a hard time figuring out what happened with the Stampeders. I don't think the transition from Bo to, to Jake Mayer is this year is what caused them to tank this far. That's the most notable change for them. So I think that's something we're going to keep talking about probably all off season as well is what they're going to be able to change on that end uh, on Calgary's end. Uh, anybody have anything else on that or uh, what should we move on to next? If not, yeah, I won't rant on the Riders anymore. I'll go to Calgary this time. Anyways, on the Stampeders, I mean, you look at what they had for receiving core. Uh, when they started the season, I think they were a little weaker than what they thought they were, I think, right off the bat. Uh, then they also had some injuries start in, and it's very tough to get players to come in during the uh, season and fill big positions in wide receiver. When you look at Calgary, we said about Saskatchewan earlier in the year that they didn't have a, that bona fide number one star uh, in the uh, receiving core. And Calgary didn't have that this year. Uh, Jake Mayer did not have the targets like Bo Levi Mitchell used to have in that field. I think their offensive line is getting a little older. You look at a guy like, again, you think, boy, they must have an offensive line when they release somebody like Derek Dennis uh, right after training camp. But yet there doesn't seem to be the real consistency on that run game like there used to be. And the offensive line isn't punching the holes like it used to. So I think it's the offensive line and the receiving core that's really given Calgary a little bit of grief. Uh, Jake Mayer, I'll probably give one year to say maybe it's just the year of transition and he'll be better next year. Um, but he's got to have some pieces around him and he needs some help. He can't just do it by himself. So I think that's what you're seeing with the Stampeders. The defense has been pretty decent as of uh, recently. Uh, they've been okay again it's just that that offense just can't get clicking, I think, is more of what the problem is. Uh, and also, I should add, Diedrich Mills and uh, Kadeem Carey only had two really good running games this year, and they were both against the Rough Riders. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I just The only thing I disagree with, I think Mayer doesn't get a year. I think he had enough time last year and this year, and he just doesn't seem like... Uh, he doesn't seem like a guy that is just going to magically work for him next year with a different coach in Calgary or different system in Calgary, or even a different team in the CFL. I just don't, I think there's several guys in this league. I just go, I don't think they're CFL quarterbacks. They, uh, you know, go try your luck in uh, the X US, US XFL or whatever it's going to be called when they merge. And that's uh or stick to Madden kids. The thing I have a problem with is like I said, he's, he has some of those huge games. Like he's been the top fantasy quarterback in a couple of weeks earlier this season. And so I don't put him in that category of we see some quarterbacks where it's clearly like you just don't have it ever, but he has it sometimes. It's just the consistency is not there. And so I wonder what it takes to either get that consistency out of him, or if you don't feel you can elevate your team to the point to bring that out of him, then yeah, maybe it is time uh, going into next year to look at a different quarterback. Well, we talked about, uh Jake Mayer taking over this quarterback for Bo Levi Mitchell. So let's go over to Hamilton's uh for the next storyline here and talk about Bo himself. 
came back from the injured list last week and started the game for the Ticats, and boy, did Bo start well. And you know what? I, I just want to give myself a pat on the back for hitting the nail on the head, uh, I believe, in our Discord channel when I was talking about uh, what Bo's performance was going to look like. I think I said opening drive 50-yard plus pass to Tim White, and then uh, like 230 yards he'd finish with on the day. Wasn't the first drive, okay, but the second drive hit Tim White for an 80-something yard pass and looked really good. 81? 91. Oh, 91 even. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was – but it was that typical long ball. The show, he still got it, right, is probably what was involved with that a little bit. I mean, Bo chucks those from time to time. And he actually looked pretty good in that first quarter. I'll give him the credit for that. And then suddenly Matt Schultz comes out for the rest of the game, and they say Bo's not going to come back in anymore. And he's not injured. It's just resting him and easing him back into the lineup. And then Schultz himself had a pretty darn good game after that as well. So... Uh, it's an interesting dynamic. I don't know if we've seen that necessarily in recent years in the CFL of a, a guy coming in in a meaningful football game for you to start for one quarter and then pull him from there. Uh, what do you guys think about that? And what do you expect from Bo this week uh, as they face the Lions on Friday night? Do we think he's going to get the full game or are we going to see more of the split time here for the Tri-Cats? Uh Trey, what do you think? I swear to God, if he runs the tables here, like, could you imagine? Like, he he comes in and does what everyone wanted uh, Rourke to do last year: be injured and come back in and not miss a beat. <laughs> Just watch it. Like, I don't know. Think about it though; they do have a game that they're pretty evenly matched, more evenly matched against Montreal, right? And you never know what's going to happen against Toronto. But I I think it was light. Oh God, I still can't bet against Bo. He can't do it. He comes back and he still does that. No, screw it. Tie cats are winning the Grey Cup. I don't know. I'm just done it. Adam. <laughs> Bo, Bo's going to win. He's going to come so back I... next year and it's going to be awful. Oh. What was that, sorry? Hmm? What did you last say there, Trey? I couldn't hear you. I said he's going to he's gonna win the Grey Cup and then he's going to Tom Brady fake retire but come back and win another one and then I don't know. It'll just... <laughs> I don't know. I can't well, bet against him. You can't. I didn't think he was going to play this year at all. I'm surprised he even came in when I I thought that was April Fools when you saw he was starting and playing. And then anyway, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. No, I seen that there, and I was, uh, you know, both uh, Levi Mitchell actually has a new uh, policy. Also, he can make uh, Thanksgiving turkey taste like crow because I was eating a lot of it by uh, <laughs> chirping about that. Both Levi saying. Oh, well, he doesn't have a lot of it. He's going to make his own calls this week. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. How'd that work out for me? Anyways, uh, you know what? No, I, I like how they're bringing him back in, actually, in this. Uh, he needs that little bit of experience. Let's get the rest rust off him. You may as well work him in. You're going to be in the playoffs now, so you know that. Uh, no, I really like this by Hamilton and what they're doing so far. Uh, the only thing I probably would say is maybe this week he should get a half. Uh, get a little bit more time in there with your uh, starting receivers. Get some more time in there to make sure that uh, uh, that Butler has that time to work with you. Make sure that the coverage is good. And, uh, yeah, get Bo Levi confident. That's the big thing. Because uh, confident Bo Levi Mitchell is a scary Bo Levi Mitchell. And 
even last year we've seen it a little bit. A playoff bully, Levi Mitchell, is not really fun to play against. Uh, if he was in for that whole game, would he have won with Calgary? Maybe not. Hard to say. But uh, I don't know if I'd want to find out. So, yeah, I really like what Hamilton's doing right now uh, by slowly adjusting him in. And, uh, yeah, they can get Bo Levi Mitchell going. Look out. All right, a couple more quick topics here to talk about before we get into our betting picks and our storylines. We neglected to mention this one last week. I think it was Adam and I here on the show last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Grey Cup halftime show uh, which is going to be Green Day this year. They uh, conveniently announced it on the final day of September, uh, which I thought was clever given, you know, wake me up when September ends. Uh, that was great. I would love that marketing there. Uh, uh, except for I forgot to wake up the Rough Riders when September ended. Ah, uh, yeah. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. <laughs> um. So we've got Carrie Underwood playing the Friday night show at the Grey Cup Festival. We've talked about that a little bit. We've got Green Day playing the Grey Cup. What do you guys think about it? Uh, let's go back to you here first, Adam. I love it. I mean, you got one of the best acts in country uh, going, kind of, or country rock or whatever you want to call it, with Carrie Underwood on the Friday. That's not even the main the halftime show. I mean, she could do the halftime on her own. I mean, that would be exceptional. I know, Trey, you want her to play Sunday Night Football song, but this is the <laughs> CFL. Come on, man. She, uh, still got it, but she's still waiting all day for Sunday night. Like, she's still doing it. I suppose, so. but I mean, you know, I don't I don't think that's quite as great. Also, I shouldn't say come on, man, because isn't that also a NFL segment? It is. Anyways. <laughs> come on, man. So, oh, man. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I love to carry Underwood, but uh, Green Day, boy, that's a great act for uh, for almost anybody, really. I mean, the guys that like Trooper will love Green Day, I'll tell you that much. Um, and I know there's enough guys that always love Trooper coming in. They each day should always play the halftime show compared to some people. I know it's not a Canadian act, but man, that you don't need a Canadian act when you got somebody like Green Day. That I mean, they've got so many bangers and just great songs. Uh, me and Trey were trying to think of uh, which each one of their songs would represent each team. Uh, we'll maybe run through those a little later on. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm thrilled for the halftime show in Hamilton. I thought it was going to be the Arkells again, to be honest. And I was like, I don't know if that'll go over very well. But uh, Green Day, perfect pick. Trey? Oh, man, I don't want to crap on it because I do like Green Day and, and everything. But I think... Are are they really like I I'm not big into their music anymore. Are they big now? That's just my only question. Not as big. I Do mean, they they're play? not Taylor Swift, but I mean, right. they're big enough. Okay, no, I'm not saying they're big enough because my only issue is I just what irks me is the the Twitter trolls being like, oh, this is better than last year's. Last year's went directly to the younger market. You know what I mean? They went to the younger country market, and I think that's the market that's who's going to listen to Florida Georgia line. That's going to, who's going to listen to the country was that this one, I don't think hits that younger market. Cause this was an early, like a, what well, they were big, what 10, 15, 20 years ago, green day kind of thing. They were big when Nickelback was big, right? And Nickelback isn't getting the 18 year olds pumped up for Canadian football. Right. So I don't think green day is, it's a great band. It hits the demographic. Great. I think it slightly missed the younger one, but I think Carrie Underwood got that. Cause even though she's older, well, probably older, same age. She's there. We, we count her Canadian because she's married to a Canadian. So we count that, right? 
Mike Fisher. Um, so I guess we'll, she's Canadian. We'll adopt her. Yeah, we'll adopt her. She, she she knows what hockey is, and that's good enough. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't hate it. I love I like the band. I don't want to come off as a hater. It's just I think that yeah, it was a great big name. It's better than Fallout Boy or whatever they had a few years ago, right? And it's better than a couple things they've had. I know them better than I knew the Arkells, right? But I, I again maybe maybe it's my country bias where I thought last year's hit a certain demographic that the CFL's been missing, but. It's good. This one, this one was probably the peace offering to the older fan, like the older fans, be like, "See, we 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 know what you like." I like that okay. we get a good mix out of this yeah. this combo too, right? Like you get the you get the Friday night show gets the country, which there is certain demographic, uh, you know, likes likes the country music as well, and they, they play a lot of that on on TSN. So uh, you know, the league likes its country music as well, and then I feel like yeah, Green Day is more traditionally. Uh, you know, older football fans, uh, it, it, it more aligns with something they would enjoy as well. So I think that uh, I, I think it's a good combo. And for me, the biggest win is just I know one of the names thrown around was the Arkells, and they just did it when the Grey Cup was in Hamilton a couple of years ago. So to me, recycling the same act from just two years ago would have been kind of really that's the best you can do is hey, a two for one special. Right, like so, I ain't getting some huge names here. I'm excited. I'm excited for for Green Day playing at the uh, at the Grey Cup this year. Uh, just to round out the uh, storylines here, part of the portion of the preview, I guess you kind of tease it up, Adam. Do we have a Green Day song that represents each of the games this week? I think we'll skip some of the other topics, talk about them when we need more filler next week. Uh, but, I'll throw out the matchups again here and uh, give me a Green Day song that represents them. Don't sing it because I don't want copyright issues. Uh, but uh, BC and Hamilton on Friday night, we got anything for that one? I would probably give that one to American Idiot just because yeah. <laughs> they don't have a court running back right now in BC when we're talking about their injury situation. And uh, yeah, they've been running American uh, running backs. Well, yeah, I don't know what you do when you don't have Mizell there. That could be a pretty idiotic move if you if you, uh, if you don't have a running back proper. They do. They do have a running back this week uh, who is going to be making his debut, Jaquan Hardy, I believe off the practice roster, but nonetheless a good choice. Uh, Saskatchewan, Calgary. Maybe that one should have uh, saved it. Trey, go for it. I know I you've got a good one. I'm between two, but we'll go with Holiday because I think both teams are waiting for Holiday. Oh no, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. That one's better because the both. <laughs> right, I was thinking of Holiday. Yeah, bro, uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams for sure because I think both these teams you would think would have had way bigger expectations coming into this year, and uh, even whichever team makes the playoffs, I don't think they hit their expectation. Right, so. All right, we get into the Saturday games. Montreal at Edmonton and then uh, Ottawa and Toronto on deck. What we got for both of those? I I don't know the names of enough songs to contribute to this conversation. But, you know, what we started it last week, Adam, you started the trend last week with uh, giving food names, uh, Thanksgiving food names to each of last week's matchup. We're continuing this segment on every show going forward into next year uh, and the rest of this season of... <laughs> Some sort of categorical association of each of these games. What do you got for the Saturday ones, guys? 
Well, I I was going to say I should almost tra- uh, change Trey's uh, Boulevard of Dro- Broken Dreams for the uh, for the uh, Rough Riders and Stamps over to Good Riddance. Yeah, would do. <laughs> yeah, but. You know what? I think for the Edmonton Elks, I think probably this season might be just as good of one also. So, uh, yeah, they could probably have good riddance. And uh, uh, Montreal, uh, probably I would give them the time of our lives. I mean, they've been, I mean, they're starting to play pretty good football. And, uh, you know, no, they seem to be happy-go-lucky. I don't know. What do you got, Trey? That song's by Green Day? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, cool. I didn't know that. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And someone's gonna have holiday because their season's done, right? So give that to Ottawa. Well, well and Toronto, Toronto's, and Toronto's on holiday. Toronto's on weeks, holiday, right? So, so yeah, Toronto's that. been on holidays for the last three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, guys. I love it. All right, let's get on into our betting picks. We'll start there uh, for each of the games this week. Once again, uh, unless the odds have changed in the last half hour, hour, uh, do we have odds yet for the Ottawa-Toronto game? Uh, well, we'll get through the other three ones, at least first, that we know we do have. It starts off with the BC Lions uh, visiting the Ticats on Friday night. Uh, let's start with the uh yeah what is the, what are the odds on this game Trey? uh yeah um bc opens up as the road favorite minus three and a half going into steel town plus three and a half over under 49 um yeah this was a tough one because both teams are kind of playing for something but kind of not playing for something so I don't know how, like, again, if the score is high, does BC rest kind of? Does If Hamilton's up big, do they rest? But I'm going to go with BC minus three and a half. They are the better team. They sh- If t- both teams were fully stocking up, BC should win by more than three and a half. I think this line is closer because of the time of the year we are. Over, under, I will go under just because it'll be a low scoring game. Uh, Ryan, what do you like? I'm going to go with BC on this one. Now, last time they played, Hamilton did surprise them and beat them like 30 to 6 or something like that. But I think BC is the better team, even though they're out on the road. Uh, I think people are just having a tough time stopping V8 these days for the most part, except for the second half last week. Uh, But I'm going to take the Lions to cover on this one, and I will actually take the over because I think both of these teams can put some points on the board. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to do the same thing. I think BC is going to cover on this one. They still can win. You never know. B- Winnipeg loses two games. All of a sudden, they're right back in it. And, well, they get it, essentially, because, I, like I said, BC is still not out of it. Until they're out of it, they're going to keep playing hard. Uh, Hamilton, you played Saskatchewan last week. They aren't the BC Lions. Yeah, BC is going to win this one. And I'll go the over just because, again, Hamilton showed little bits and flashes of explosiveness. Uh, and BC's always had it. So, yeah, give me the over, give me BC. Sounds good, guys. On to the next game Friday night. Saskatchewan plus three and a half to the Calgary Stampeders. Favorite minus three and a half. Over under the same 49. Oh, man. But Saskatchewan, that's... See, Saskatchewan is technically the better team standing-wise, right? But Calgary's favorite, if this was neutral site, they're saying it's a half a point. Adam, I want to hear what you say first, because I'm willing to give Saskatchewan my money on this one, but I'm not if you're not. 
So no, don't give it to them. Don't do it. But take Calgary. No. Okay, Calgary. Calgary, Calgary, right now still can play for a streak. Saskatchewan is playing because. Yeah, I don't know if you count that as playing even. I mean, honestly, this has been just a train wreck for the Rough Riders. The morale is right in the right in the toilet. Greg Dickinson saying the same thing over and over again. Nothing's going to change until November the 3rd when they they probably go take uh, Craig Dickinson back into the woodshed and throw a bullet through his stocking. They won't be out, but they'll... <laughs> They will probably let him go after this season. They have to Prano him, huh? Just going a little bit dark there. Anyways, uh, Saskatchewan's going to get slaughtered in this game. Calgary's going to win probably by 30 or so. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the under because I just don't think they can get all 49 points themselves, Calgary. Okay. I got to go with Adam. So, Ryan, what do you got? I'm let's just move on. I'm taking Calgary and I'm taking the under on this one as well. It is close for me because the riders do <laughs> generally do a great job in garbage time uh, as well. Like, and I see a scenario where Calgary doesn't put the points on the board either. So either a, this is going to be a low scoring close game, or even if Calgary does get ahead, I think Saskatchewan could make it close enough to cover, but the line is small enough when, when it's like a three-point line, I generally, honestly, just pick it based on who I think is going to win when it's that small, right? It's, are they going to win by more than a field goal? Yeah, I think if Calgary wins, they probably do, even though the games are normally close. I think can I'm closer I, I, to going to Saskatchewan than you guys are, but I'm, I'm going to go Calgary here also. Can I, can I also add we should be playing this game in Atlantic Canada just so they can call it the Flounder Bowl? I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. By the way, though, whenever I pick Calgary or like a team against Saskatchewan, I pick the other team. They're like, I think, three and one right now, uh, the Riders. So maybe. See, that just tells me that you've got a six win season and you've only picked against them four times. Adam, that's not a great track record. Actually, five times. I think I did pick Winnipeg in that Labor Day game still. So that, yeah, yeah, that's that's not good. That's not good. They're five and twelve right now, or five and eleven. They should have been, but somehow they pulled off one time when I picked them. <laughs> uh, third game we've got here: Montreal into Edmonton. Man, I don't know, man. I hate betting this late in the year. But we'll go Montreal minus one and a half over the pesky Elks. I think Montreal still has something to play with. Edmonton's playing for pride. I think a field goal game should be in order here at least. This is one of those games, though, I could see Edmonton winning. But I think I'm going to take the chances with Montreal and the over-under. I'll go over. I'll say Trey Ford makes it interesting. You know, I, I'll say that he makes, they make Montreal work for it. But Ryan, what do you got? Well, I was going to save the stat for the fantasy segment, but I'll throw it out now. The Alouettes in nine games this year, not against Winnipeg, BC, or Toronto, have allowed just 13.4 points per game. That's how good their defense has been against teams below them in the standings, including, you know, really great the last couple of weeks. I don't see a situation where that changes right now. So I'm going to take the Alouettes to win, and I'm going to firmly take the under on this game. I'm going to take the Alouettes as well. The Elks have actually played a little better recently. They have been really, like that if they had Trey Ford in for those two games against, you know, a certain team that I've been hanging, uh, running down all night, 
Uh, they probably win those two, and they're probably right on for a playoff spot. But they didn't. So uh, that being said, though, Montreal still, I don't know if they're playing for anything. I think they're locked into second place now, aren't they? Um, let me pull up the playoffs. I thought Brian from Hamilton has either they win or Hamilton loses and they get home the home field. I thought, yeah, the Ty Cats play Friday. So if Hamilton wins on Friday, mm-hmm. Montreal has something to play for on Saturday. If Hamilton loses on Friday, I believe Montreal would have it locked up at that point. But are you really switching the game no. plan that much last minute? No, you aren't. So, yeah, give me Montreal in this one here. For sure, it'll have a pretty good game. I He'll have some good receivers, and yeah, give me the under on this one as well because, again, Montreal can't get 47.5 on their own. Sounds good, guys. And the last game, like we talked about, no odds available because Toronto, we don't know what's going on with Toronto. So let's just say who do we think is going to win, maybe. You know what I mean? And, and do we think Toronto still is going to win this game over Ottawa? Both teams really don't have nothing to play for. Ottawa's playing for next year. Toronto's kind of resting, testing things out for playoffs. Which team... We think it's going to win this one, Ryan. Hundred percent Argos for me. Like it doesn't. I don't even need to see the depth chart and know what the line is to to say that. I mean, even when they've rotated guys in and out, the Argos have still won. You know, handily quite a few times this year. Uh, and Ottawa, as much as Adam lit up the Riders for their performance last week, I feel the same way about Ottawa. Like their season was on the line and they dropped a massive dud of a performance against the Montreal Alouettes last week, uh, managing to put just three points on the board. So, you know, that's a division rival. It's a key game you need to win. You couldn't do it. They haven't been able to close the door, you know, multiple times throughout the season. I, I just can't see them winning this football game. Uh, I, I don't know, Adam. Do you disagree? No, I don't. Because you're right. Ottawa just about laid a big of an egg. The only difference was Ottawa at least was on the road. I think. Yes. Yeah. So that's the only reason I'm giving them a slight little bit over the Rough Riders uh, for uh, credits. Otherwise, you're right. You can't give up three points. Or they are if you can't convert more than three points, you really shouldn't be in a playoff hunt. Uh, simple as that. But uh, no, Toronto's still tuning up. They're getting ready for whoever's coming over in the East. Uh, give me the Argonauts and give me. Actually, I'm going to take the over, uh, even though there is no over, so it don't matter what I'm saying anyway. So <laughs> take the. Over. I hope it comes up with something like seventy, something ridiculous. Adam, he took the over, man. But. Uh... And I then agree with to pull off a Miami Dolphins uh, kind of game against the Red Flags. That would be fun to watch. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree with Toronto winning. And I don't think it'll be an over, but we'll be definitely uh, close. Uh, or Here's the question. What line would it have to be for you to take Ottawa to at least cover? I couldn't imagine this being more than double digits because I can't see them being starting a lot of their starters. So if it was like minus 10, I would probably take Ottawa. Anywhere from 8 eight up, 8 or 9 up, I think I'd take Ottawa. I think no, it would need to be me. over 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, for me, it's over 15. I mean, they can get two touchdowns. <laughs> the old college spreads there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. This is, Before we move this is... on, did I tell you guys how much I hate Zach Caleros? Have I told you guys about this yet? Uh, many times. Not yes. many times. Okay. Before we move on, I didn't get. I haven't been here last week, and and now back this week. I just. I, I can't remember if I told you guys. Before we move on to fantasy, the guys any more, anything else to add to that? Or 
I'm just staring at a stupid profile picture right now. I just want to smash my computer screen. But other than that, that's no, fine. The guy six hundred thousand dollars for this guy, huh? The buy guys on a bye week and you're still taking shots. Jeez, I mean, bye week. Don't get. I don't know who I'd rather. I don't know who I hate more, him or Shifley. I really don't. I really don't know. And it's it's <laughs> it's it's. I just oh, it's been the worst week ever. Calero's throwing more picks, and now I have to look at Shifley's face for seven more years. Like, God darn it. I don't know why Winnipeg even signed him, honestly. Like, <laughs> uh, Trey, you bumped the microphone. Yeah, well, good, good. I was, screaming, better, I was honestly. screaming so loud. You didn't need to hear that. <laughs> I got to go on Mike's like hockey show and complain about it, man, because I just. Anyway, we just got rid of Wheeler. And the Jays won. Nothing good has went my way other than a couple betting wins. Great. I got money, but my sports teams are just destroyed. Anybody want to know what the Jets Flames game score is right now? It was 1 1 last time I saw. What's happened now? Spoiler alert. Okay, what is it? <laughs> I thought he had it ready to go. <laughs> no, Adam's got to go, you know. It's got to go walk over <laughs> to the computer, log, log uh, in, find it. 2-1 Calgary, I believe. Okay. That's not I bad. thought it was going to be something outrageous like 7-1 no. or whatnot. Um, all right, let's get into our fantasy players to watch for this week. Uh, it's a big week in CFL fantasy if you're playing in any of the leagues we run because it's championship week. So we've got a couple uh, folks, FM Fan and Josh M, in our Discord community going head-to-head in our Discord league finals this week. Good luck to both of them. And in the uh, CFL podcast fantasy league, uh, it's taken so long, but as the commissioner, I finally made the finals. I, I got some lucky playoff matchups. I got in. I'll be facing Steph from the Ghost Stamps Go Show for a chance to uh, take home the championship belt if it ever gets delivered to me. Uh, and uh, the winner also gets a $320 donation to a charity of their choice, uh, which was raised uh, among all participants there. So super exciting that we get to play fantasy football for a good cause and just means that the pressure is on this week. So I'm hoping uh, we've got some good fantasy options here to talk about uh, that are going to deliver for you this week. Uh, Trey, did you get the odds yet on uh, what's the over or what's the uh, odds on Ryan winning this thing? I haven't I haven't had time to do it. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll get my I'll get my trusty calculator out and figure it out. But I gotta say, I had t- top twenty five right score this week, and I still wasn't the highest in our Discord. <laughs> Antler Elk, Elk Sky was that? Is that Josh? Yeah, that's Josh. Yeah, top he got fourteenth. I one week. I want money. <laughs> These guys punked us. They're like, oh, we're just the idiots that listen to the podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think, think we're I'm just saying. the idiots that produce the podcast. Yeah, we're the so. idiots that, yeah. Huh. yeah. We'll just Goof do what these guys the podcast, don't do. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm seventh in our Discord league uh, in total points on the year, which is insane. Uh, but kudos to everybody there. Let's talk options for week 19. Again, we get into this scary time of year where how much are guys going to play? Who's going to be in the lineup? Uh, it's a little hard to know on a Wednesday night. Uh, necessarily here uh, when the depth charts aren't out yet. But let's start with quarterbacks this week. And guys, I really only have one quarterback I care about mentioning the most here. 
I think you lock in Vernon Adams Jr. as your quarterback and you call it a day and you fill out the rest of your lineup from there. Uh, I have added a new chart to my fantasy charts here this week that just kind of tracks uh, where players finish amongst their position each and every week. Uh, and looking at that, VA has finished as a top three quarterback in nine out of the 12 games this year where he wasn't injured. So uh, including five straight weeks of finishing in the top three. Uh, he's got 300 plus yards passing in seven of his last eight games. And also the tie cats allow 17.2 fantasy points per game in quarterbacks. It's the third worst in the league. There are a lot of other situations uh, around the league at quarterback that I feel iffy about right now. I mean, that Calgary Saskatchewan game, Mayer versus Dola Gala. What are you, I, I'm not super confident in both of them after the recent weeks, you know, Fajardo's not putting up his large totals uh, in for, for Montreal either or Hamilton. Are they going to do that rotation again with Bowen Schultz? Maybe I'd consider Schultz if I knew he was going to play more. Um, same thing, Ottawa. I mean, they've struggled lately in Toronto. How much is Chad Kelly going to play necessarily there? The only other one I'd maybe consider is Trey Ford. I mean, his rushing ability gives him a strong totals almost every week. Uh, it's been trending downwards a little bit, but Montreal's also got a really good pass defense, so he'd have to do a lot with his legs. There is kind of how I see the quarterback landscape for the week. Uh, who's your favorites of the week uh, for both of you? Uh, we'll go to you first, Adam. Well, I'm going to go with Jake Mayer because I think he's going to probably go and have about 400 yards in the first half and then probably touchdown Tommy's coming in. But seriously, I think he's actually going to have a pretty good week. Uh, would you look at this Riders secondary? I mean, again, there's wide open passes all available to him. He doesn't have the greatest of receivers out there. He's got some injuries this week. But, yeah, now I'm going to make a justification and go for Jake Mayer. Uh, yeah, I'm between I'm between the two guys you said. So that's pretty much all I got. Because I think you stay away from probably the Toronto-Ottawa game at all costs. And you also would stay away from... Uh, I'm not completely staying away from it, but Montreal-Edmonton I'm a little hesitant on. I would definitely stick with the BC-Hamilton and the Saskatchewan-Calgary game. So... It's a tough. It's a tough week this week with some of these matchups uh, going on around the league. Uh, running back, there are a couple more options that I, I'm more confident in. It's probably the position I'm most confident in this week, outside of locking in VA at quarterback, I guess. Uh, but uh, a guy I'm going to throw out here first is actually Jamal Morrow, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, similarly, uh, tracking the performances there, uh, in four of his last five games, he's finished as a top four running back in the league. Uh, so he has actually been getting the usage, uh, there for the most part. Uh, he's got, uh, also playing against Calgary where he put 15.9 and 24 points up on the board earlier this year, uh, and was the running back two in both of those weeks and 10 or more fantasy points in six of his last seven games. So I, I think Morrow's been pretty... You know, consistently delivering you a decent total, struggling to hit that upper echelon sometimes. But uh, as is seen from these numbers, uh, you know, he, he gets enough done uh, a lot of times there. Another guy I really like at running back, uh, if he is healthy and in the lineup, and I have not seen it on the injury report, I don't think we have Montreal's injury report yet, uh, is if he's in the lineup, I like William Sandback. 
Uh, he's been the running back three or higher in three of his last four games. Also faces the Elks. They give up 17.1 fantasy points per game to starting running backs. It's the worst in the league. And again, Montreal, you'll keep hearing me say, talk about games not against Winnipeg, BC, and Toronto, uh, because that's when they crap the bed. Uh, 10 plus fantasy points in every game. Again, not against those three teams, but one. So Stanback's been pretty consistent there as well in favorable matchups. And finally, the third guy here for me, James Butler. Uh, he has probably the running back with the best potential to dominate the week. He's got five running back one finishes, nine uh, running back three or higher finishes in 16 games this season. So he's almost always near, or at least half the time he's at the top. Uh, most of it did come early in the season, but in two of his last four games, he's been the, the second best running back in the league. He also just gets a lot of touches. 20.4 opportunities on the ground and in the air uh, in his last eight games per game. And he's facing the Lions, who he dropped 30 points on in a revenge game in Week 12 for letting him go in the offseason. So I think that chips into it as well. Those are the top three running backs I'm looking at this week. We'll go back to you first, Trey. Uh, Morrow, Stanback, Butler, anybody else catch your eye, or who's your favorites there? No, nah, you took my two. And I, I, I again, if the other games I kind of want to stay away from, I don't can't go Olet. You can't really... Yeah, I don't know. Because Olet's been my guy, but I think i got to go with Butler and Morrow. Um Adam, I like the smile you got in your face when Ryan was saying he's taking Moro. What do you think? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to take Kadeem Carey and Dedrick Mills. The reason being is uh, the Riders that can't stop the run either. Uh, I'm just, yeah. Trey, Trey's just like, I can't believe how angry I am with the Rough Riders right now. But, yeah, honestly, uh, Kadeem Carey, if he's healthy, can run the football like there's no tomorrow. He's had big games against the Rough Riders this year. The other game that they had, Dedrick Mills ran on the Riders. So, um, I don't know. I'm hoping one of them will get me some good yards and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, if you are looking for probably a pretty good pick, though, uh, Jamal Morrow's okay. He does stuff once in a while. He's, he's an okay running back. Yeah, Kadeem Carey's only $6,500, so that is a cheaper play that I did consider as well for the good matchup against the Riders. Uh, I would consider throwing him in, into the, the ring there as well. Uh, even Walter Fletcher, if uh, Stanback can't go, and he's starter, he's 4900 so these are some cheaper plays you can do at running back. And uh, the guy starting for BC, whose name escapes me at this moment, which is Jaquan Hardy. Uh, he's not in fantasy yet, but presumably if he's going to be there, he'll be 2,500 bucks, which makes you really be able to stack the rest of your roster. Let's talk wide receivers, uh, for fantasy this week. Uh, I took a look at the top 10. Here's some interesting notes before we get into players, uh, to watch here. Uh, in the last five weeks, the top 10 wide receivers, uh, the only players, the players that have made the top 10 the most have been, I think, Dalton Schoen and Tim White, and they've only made it three times in the last five weeks. So it is very con inconsistent across the board at wide receiver, which makes it very hard to pick the top ones every single week. Uh, BC's got the most top 10 finishes with eight in the last five weeks. Ottawa's got the least with three of them only. Uh, and teams are kind of in between there. 
but the guys I really like, I'll give a couple and then I'll break over to you guys and come back to the, the other couple here. Tim White has finished as a top six receiver in four of the last six weeks. He's also put up 15 plus fantasy points in six of his last eight games. And the Ticats have some injuries at wide receiver. Terry Godwin, I think, is questionable. Omar Bayless is doubtful. Yeah, they have pieces coming in there, but you have to think maybe that's even more usage for Tim White. And if Bo is starting, chances are Bo is going to try to chuck it downfield for a long pass to White once again this week. Also really like Tyson Philpott, and this is a guy that I think Trey has been uh, hyping up the past couple of weeks, and it's for a pretty darn good reason. He is still pretty cheap. I think he's $6,000, somewhere around there. He's up to seven now. Uh, four straight weeks as a top 12 receiver, including the top one of the week last week. Over 85 yards in three of his last four games, a touchdown in three of his last four games. And while he only averages about five or so targets per game, which I would like to see it be higher than that, he makes the most of them. He's got an 84.6% catch rate in his last four games. So uh, I almost think Tyson Philpott has kind of taken over the spot of Austin Mack as Cody Fajardo's go-to target. And at a much cheaper price, I would definitely be willing to go that direction in fantasy this week. Uh, I also really like Mark, Mark and Michelle of the Stampeders. He's got nine plus fantasy points in six straight games. He's been the top 12 wide receiver in five of the last six weeks he's played. And again, you know, top 12, he's finishing like 10, 11, 12 in, in some of those. So he's not necessarily been at the top and you want to get the top guy, but if you can get somebody who's near the top, at least across the board, that should give you a good fantasy week. The big key here is Reggie Bagleton is doubtful to play, and he gets a ton of targets. So those targets are going to have to go somewhere. I think Michelle gets a good deal of them. And if Adam's right that uh, Jake Mayer is going to have a good passing day, he should get pretty heavily involved there. Two more names for me to throw out, but I'll uh, check in with you guys here first. Uh, Trey, I will go to you. Uh, who are you looking at at wide receiver this week? Now, of course, I got my boy Tyson Philpot today. I trade Caleros for him right now, straight up. Uh, and then <laughs> I get rid of Caleros in a heartbeat. But uh, no, I like Philpot. He's been tearing it up. Um, I, sorry, I zoned out for a second. I don't think you said Hatcher. Did you say Hatcher? Nope. No, no, because I like what he did a couple weeks ago against Saskatchewan. A little quiet against Winnipeg, but uh, I think against Hamilton, he'll have probably could have similar success as he did against Saskatchewan. And my flex. I put Mark and Michelle. Is he injured or is he in? He's good. He's, He's good. good. Okay. He was the guy I just talked about. Oh, did you? Okay, then perfect. Then we agree there. Adam, what do you got? Well, I'm going to go with mine again, and I think you probably all know where I'm going with this. I've got Reggie Bagleton because he's going to be lining up probably against Nick Marshall, who kind of lets all those big balls go past him. He's doubtful um, to play, so you'll need to change that most likely. Most likely, if I do, I can find another Stampeder. Um <laughs> I've also got uh, Luther Hakanavanu right now. Uh, again, he's probably lining up against Jeremy Clark, who, again, can't go within 10 yards of a receiver. Uh, and then I've also got, uh, just going to look at my one there, uh, Trey Odoms-Dukes. I think he'll be back because of the injury to Reggie Bagleton. That would probably be a good one. Also, Mark and Michelle, you could take any of those. I think you're probably pretty safe taking any Stampeder uh, there. Now, if you want my serious answer, probably Tim White. But, uh, yeah, we won't worry about that. It's going to be all Stampeders this week. 
All right. I think we see a trend in Adam's picks here. Uh, tell us how you really feel. I think you did earlier on in the show. Uh, you touched on Keon Hatcher, Trey. I've been going back and forth on the BC Lions receivers and really struggling with it because it seems <laughs> to be it alternates quite frequently. Is Hatcher going to have the week? good week as Holland's going to have a good week. Now Dom Rimes is back in the mix there as well. You know, they've had eight top 10 performances in the last five weeks, and it's kind of been across the board. Katoy actually has two of them. Rimes has two of them. And every other receiver has been in the top 10 at least once uh, in the past five weeks. So you probably have a good chance of getting one regardless of who you pick. It's just hope you pick the right one. Hatcher has the best matchup. The the Thai Cats give up 13.4 points per game uh, to or 13.1 to left slot backs. I kind of like the play of Rhymes though this week. He's got nine targets and 14 plus fantasy points in each of the two games since he returned from injury. He should have had the touchdown. He should have had the touchdown to end the game last time to pad the stats there as well. Uh, it's also a favorable matchup uh, there against the Ticats for his right slot back position. And I think just, I don't know, I'm turned off a little bit by Hatcher being up and down the past couple of weeks. He'll score 30 or he'll score five, it seems. Um, but if you need the big boom play, that might be worth it there as well. But I like Rhymes just for the target share, and he's a guy that can break out an easy score multiple touchdowns as well. Oh, the only other one I want to mention is Braylon Addison for a bit of a cheaper play, uh, like I have the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the the, the uh, Red Blacks pass offense is nothing to write home about necessarily right now, but they face an Argos defense that could give up a lot there. Uh, just trying to find the price on Braylon Addison. I think it's still around 4100 uh, 4400 this week. Um and he had a down week last week, only 5.4 points, but they did face a tough Montreal defense, and he got six targets, 15 and 16.4 in the two weeks before that. So I think Addison is a good buy-low, cheap wide receiver candidate, as is probably somebody like Tommy Neal, who's still a cheap price and should get into a starting role for the Argos this week. Uh, let's talk defenses. Um you know, they can make or break your week. Probably more often break it than make it. Uh, I think Montreal is the top play to go with there. Like I said before, 13.4 points against per game in nine games, not against Winnipeg, BC, and Toronto. This week they faced the Elks, who have given up 12 sacks in their last two games, despite Trey Ford's mobility. Uh, not to mention Montreal's three straight weeks of 14 fantasy points. Uh, so I like that. Toronto has also been a top three defense in five of their last six games, uh, despite resting starters. And uh, the Red Blacks gave up back-to-back 14-point games to Montreal, so that's a good matchup for them there. And finally, I'd throw the Ticats in here, just because BC has allowed 10 sacks in their last two games. VA also, similar to Coleros, has at times thrown a share of interceptions this season, but he's been pretty good lately. Uh, and the Ticats are an underrated defense with three top three finishes in their last four weeks. So probably leaning Montreal personally, but other options there. Adam, why is the Calgary Stampeders defense the go-to choice for this week? Yes, I've become everything I've ever hated. But nevertheless, uh, I'm going to just say it like this. Listen to Ryan because he knows what he's talking about. 
or listen to me if you want to pick the Calgary Stamp Eaters defense. Uh, the Riders let up a lot of sacks. Uh, you look at uh, Jake Dolagala. He's been making some errant throws lately. He has been getting picked off a little bit more than he used to when he started up. And really, I mean, there's a good chance the Riders might not even get a point this game. So, yeah, I'd go with the Stampeders defense uh, <laughs> nine times out of 100. Uh, otherwise, yeah, maybe you should listen to Ryan on that uh, Montreal pick. Maybe I should start listening to Ryan. Maybe that would help. <laughs> yeah. Trey, what do you got? I actually had Calgary in there for the exact same reason Adam said earlier. I did put Calgary in there legit before uh, before the show started. I do like your Montreal. Uh, I think price-wise right now, I don't think I could fit them in unless the price was close. But uh, well, Montreal, Montreal, if you have the money, Calgary, if you uh, want the yeah. win. Yeah, I went for the win, and I put Calgary in there because I don't have the money for Montreal right now. But I could rearrange some things. But I think, I think Adam actually – I know he's venting, but I think he's got a good – I could see – Three or four picks and no points near the late parts of this game. So, yeah, I like and ultimately how I to justify this too. <laughs> oh, of course, I'm not just going to let you get off without justifying it. Um, but ultimately, yeah, don't adjust your lineup to get more money available to pick a defense because they're hit and miss. Like the Alouettes defense put up fourteen last week uh, or the week before that, I think it was, and then the next highest was like six. Uh, and it's it's up and down most weeks. Uh, they're not going to make or break your fantasy lineup. Probably. One defense, you, one defense you should always take though is the San Francisco defense, right, Brian? <laughs> Adam, we're not going there. Oh, but we should. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty much into wrap up time on the show here. Do we want to? Do we want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, a little bit of NFL talk here to, before we wrap things up. Uh, do it. Either that or about how I became your biggest rival in fantasy lately. Yeah, Adam's my new kryptonite for fantasy football. We played in our NFL fantasy league this week. I was three and one coming in. Adam, you were zero and four. Yeah. Um, it starts off Thursday night. I make the gutsy call to put uh, Justin Fields in over Kirk Cousins, and boy, did that work out well for me. Only problem is how many touchdown passes did he throw to DJ Moore, who was on Adam's roster. Adam gets the 49-point performance from DJ Moore. I'm thinking, okay, my week's probably lost here already to start the week. And then we get to Sunday, and I made a trade to get Jamar Chase uh, this week, and he goes off for 52 to make it close, but not close enough. Uh, 167 points in an NFL Fantasy League was not enough to beat Adam, who put up 180. To get your first win of the season, congratulations, sir. I count myself as second overall because, you know, I got that many points. They mean absolutely nothing because I'm still in eighth place. But, you know, hey. It's a cluster. What, there's five of us at three and two? Like, yeah. it's a cluster. <laughs> I mean, well, like I said, problem. I got second in, like, I got, what, 200 or something ridiculous for points, and I'm losing every game, except for against Ryan. You need to learn how to play better defense. You're giving up too many points, man. I'm also gaining too many points, so <laughs> I don't know. Hey, the crowd comes for the offense. Apparently, championships are won with the defense. So. <laughs> I got back to the win column this week, boys. I was happy. So That's fun. Uh, NFL fantasy season is fun. Uh, there's so many more options out there than there is for the CFL. And you know what? It's been a fun start to the NFL season uh, here as well. Uh, 
lots of lots of drama, lots of fun, lots of well, I guess that's not the fun part is lots of injuries, but you know. Anybody have a working running back? Send me a message. I've got six. I'll talk. You know, I I really wanted to make that trade with you, Adam, but then I don't want to anymore. So I don't want to make that trade anymore. I mean, I still kind of care to keep my Swifties all with me. <laughs> Adam's, Adam's going for the popularity vote, right? People chat, man. People chat. Just because the refs give KC, you know, the benefit, I don't think they're going to help you out in fantasy there, Adam. But hey, you never know. They might have lost about if my fantasy thing was close. That's why they gave me. Oh, that's back. that's why I lost this week. The Taylor Swift effect. You don't get fantasy points for uh, BS uh, pass interference calls, right? So <laughs> fair. Could you imagine if your receiver gets a PI on them or something? You get 10 points. <laughs> I'm 10 sure point there's a setting feet. somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. My favorite is that I've seen leagues where there's the custom setting for uh, if your kicker misses a convert or a field goal, it's minus 50. I've I think it's those. if it misses a convert, it's minus 50. I've had those. I've had some wild ones. Fun week. What's what's the best matchup on the NFL schedule this week? While I get ready to pull up the stuff, uh, what's your favorite trait uh, that you're most looking forward to? I was just I was just looking at that. You know, another early game, another London one. This one's Denver and KC. So you Swifties got to wake up. Oh, that's Thursday night. No, that's Thursday night. Baltimore, Tennessee is the London game. But the one I like, oh, I just saw it. Cincy and Seattle is a nifty one because Seattle's not bad, and since he woke up, so that could be a good one to watch at noon. Um, Indian Jacksonville. I like that one too. Jacksonville coming off the big win against the Bills. Indy's better than what they look like. And what else? Um, you know, I don't mind those. Uh, I and it sounds crazy, but I really want to see what San Francisco has against uh, Cleveland. That should be an interesting game just because it's in Cleveland, right? Uh, Sean's walking out. That should be pretty good. I thought it's Watson potentially out though. I want to it's questionable, yeah, Is questionable. He- also like Detroit and Tampa. It's in Baker Mayfield. Keep it going against Detroit, who should be a better Detroit's team. Detroit's been a fun team to watch yeah. this year. And I want to see how Buffalo bounces back. They got the Giants on Sunday night, and it's minus 14 in favor of the Bills, but they just come off a, a loss. And uh, who's the worst? What team is the worst team in New York right now, the Giants or the Jets? <laughs> like, that's going to be a debate. Actually, what's the worst team that plays in New Jersey? Sorry, guys. I mean, so... Actually, which team has the worst new name on them? Because New England has been, gosh, that's been bad. Oh, Can Belichick get fired? I mean, it might happen. I think he would walk away before he gets fired. I think he'd just say, screw it, I've won enough. I, I mean, he doesn't look that old, but he is one of the older coaches. You know, he's been around forever. He All he needs to do is give his rights to EA and be on Madden. That's all I want. <laughs> That's, all That's still the most absurd thing to me that he he, he does not uh, have his his likeness in Madden. I love it. Ridiculous. And Chargers and Boys on Monday night should be a good one too. Can the Cowboys bounce back? I'm no, pumped for Vikings and Bears. Honestly, I want to see what Justin Fields can do after the past couple of games. And, and the Vikings, uh, I don't know, Justin Jefferson this week. So we'll see what which receivers step up. I'm hoping for my fantasy roster is Jordan Addison. But. Well, we get to actually, though, one thing about the NFL, there's not many dud games. 
even the teams you go, mm, maybe they're not so good. They're still pretty competitive, right? Like we're talking about the Vikings and Chicago, both teams probably not making the playoffs. Or if they do, it's a wild card. That's a heck of a game to still watch. I think we've got a London game as well, right? The Ravens yeah. and Titans play in London. This is the uh, last London game, and then they have a Germany one in two weeks. Oh, I want another Toy Story game. I gotta say, I love that. That was awesome. I watched it for about five minutes, and I was like, I had to get off of it because I was going to watch too much of it. <laughs> the Slinky Dog is the yardsticks was the best, and and the Kirk Kaboom at halftime, Canada's finest, and they made some CFL joke too in there. That was great. I got to admit, though, it was hilarious the other night there when Pittsburgh and uh, uh, Chicago were playing in the NHL in the home opener. And all of a sudden, you've got a fire Matt Canada chant going on oh, in the man. middle of the uh, of the of the uh, stadium. I, I don't know who thought of that, if that was urinating tree or what his name is from Pittsburgh. If it was, my hat's off to you. That's just epic. <laughs> Here's, so, Adam, are you planning this weekend to make it out to, like, a Regina Pats game and yell, fire Dickinson, or what? I mean, we could try it in Winnipeg, maybe. I don't know. Get all 100 people at the Pats game chanting, fire yeah, Dickinson, love it. Yards not around anymore, so. Put up a sign on the Zamboni that just says that. <laughs> go to the Orton Terrier game. Go for it, yeah. Yeah. When when does your uh, senior hockey league start this week? I know you're up in the broadcast booth sometimes. You get a fire Dickinson chat going. Well, November seventeenth uh, or eighteenth, I think, is when we start that. But uh, oh, I he'll have a new three year contract by that point. Yeah, he'll yeah. have extension by then, knowing our luck. Yeah. All right, let's get into wrapping this show up here. Uh, crazy that we actually finished decently on time to the point where we had enough time for random banter at the end. I love it. Uh, but we are pretty much out of here for today, so we'll be back again next week, same time, same place, our Week 20 preview where we'll come up with things to talk about and make betting picks if the odds are up and probably – you know, have fantasy players to watch. Uh, and we'll talk about all of that here again. Uh, if you want to hear more from us in between episodes, of course, you can check out the Discord community, get more. Uh, the link to that in the, is in the description. It's free to join. If you want to chat with us more there in between episodes, you can also find us on social media, the, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the podcast is at CF Countdown Pod on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there as well. Um, don't post a ton, if I'm being honest. I forgot to post the link to the show until five minutes before it started. So I'm crushing the social media game here. Uh, and, and speaking of myself, you can find me on Twitter at CooperTrooper42. Again, not tweeting a whole lot currently, but uh, I'm there. Mike's there as well, at Mike Garrell. Uh, it sounds like he's got some uh, stuff in the works, perhaps, uh, for us for the playoffs this year. Uh, but he's tied up with some hockey stuff right now, so that's why he's been absent the last couple of weeks. Trey, what are you all doing these days that people can find online? Uh, yeah, you can find me at the X at Trey Harness Link, all my horror stuff. It's kind of slowing down, in, uh, but this is the time of the year where all the finals and stuff are kicking off, so it's still pretty crazy. If you want to learn about horse racing or UFC, I always like to tweet stuff about that. And I don't think I'm going to post any farmer simulator stuff. Check the Discord for that. I don't I don't need my uh, any city friends I have making fun of me for posting that stuff on, uh, on my Twitter account. But uh, yeah, that's been my life. Adam? 
so funny. Well, I, all I could picture is you in the broadcast booth being like, and this uh, period is sponsored by Fire Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of go, uh, Reynolds. Seriously, go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, you can probably find me at uh, Ghost Dance Go Podcast. Uh, no, wait, no, sorry. That's not my podcast. That's uh, <laughs> at Adam Stewart One. Uh, yeah, might be going there next week because. Uh, yeah, pretty much all I did was just give the uh, Calgary Stampeders as much praise as I possibly could. So please, win the game this weekend. That's all I asked. Uh, anyways, yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart one uh, Probably there'll be some more senior hockey stuff coming up there pretty soon. I know Sunday, I think we have our first practice, so that'll be kind of cool to go and check out and see how the old champions are doing, and we'll kind of get at her, I guess, here and get ready for the season starting up pretty soon, so you'll see a little bit more uh, hockey stuff posted on my pages. Can't really post much about the CFL team near me, so may as well post about that. Will your championship banner be less or more extravagant than the Vegas Golden Knights? I don't know if you've seen it, but it was pretty, uh, pretty flashy. All I could say is it'll be a show for the ages, so you'll want to not miss it. All right, good, <laughs> good marketing. I like it. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate if you do the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. On behalf of our panel here this evening, Trey and Adam, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.